0: your Locked On Wild, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and make sure to tell them Locked On sent you. On today's special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Panthers, we look at the Florida Panthers offseason, the biggest move that they made in trying to bolster their center depth, as well as plenty of other offseason questions as well. We'll also talk some Minnesota Wild, looking at further fallout from the buyout situation with Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. We'll look ahead to what that means for the Wild over the next couple of seasons, plus an update on the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, as well as many other topics to get to as well. My name is Seth Topol, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran of over 10 years of Minnesota sports coverage, including the last couple of seasons covering your Minnesota Wild exclusively. And we're joined by the host of Locked On Panthers, Armando Velez. Armando, what's going on?
1: How are you, Seth? It's uh, great to be here. And for the listeners on the Locked On Wild podcast, let me introduce myself. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkWay.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12, the show account at LO underscore F L A. Panthers, where you can follow me there, you can follow me personally, where you'll see me tweet all about Florida Panthers hockey and all of South Florida sports, so you'll see me, I'm a uh, South Florida boy through and through, so just like how Seth himself is uh, all things Minnesota sports, so that's the great thing about uh, all of this, that we we live and die by our, our regions so some somewhat, so great to be here, Seth and great to talk uh Florida Panthers and Minnesota Wild.
0: Yeah, it's you know it's a it's the off season as both of us, something we won't necessarily discuss here. Both of us gearing up for the NFL season training camp underway. And so uh another opportunity for me to watch the Minnesota Vikings go 6 and 10 or <laughs> uh, or 6 and 11, sorry. They did add the game. So, I'm getting into kind of football mode, but we're still keeping it off season here on uh, on Locked On and We'll talk, uh, we'll talk wild in the middle segment here today, but I wanted to start with some of the big things going on for the Panthers this offseason, and that includes the big trade for a guy that um, I, I know I had mentioned as a possibility for the wild, if not getting Jack Eichel. Uh, Sam Reinhart coming to Florida to help give them a, a pretty lethal combo up the middle with uh, Alexander Barkov and now Sam Reinhardt. And uh, we'll talk about Barkov in a little bit. But, man, out of nowhere, too, it didn't seem like Florida was linked to him from what I saw really at all. It was all, well, Minnesota is a sneaky possibility for him or the West Coast, and then Florida just pounced. And so I got to get your reaction to the Reinhardt trade. What did you think of the cost to get him? And what is Reinhardt's fit? How good is Reinhardt's fit with this Panthers team?
1: Well, when it first happened, I was, uh, I was actually on my way home after being out and watching the draft at, at, at a restaurant with uh, family. I, was, I actually had to ask the people at the restaurant to change it to the draft so I could you know keep up and still know what's going on and check Twitter all at the same time. And I was casually walking to my car, it's like maybe like eleven PM or twelve by the time we're leaving. And I actually asked my 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 fr- my partner to drive because on the way home so that I could just continue to see the updates on what's going on via the draft. And then Elliot Friedman and Pierre LeBron are reporting like really late into the night that the Florida Panthers are on the verge of making a move to acquire Sam Reinhart from the Buffalo Sabres are like, Whoa. So, so the Florida Panthers on their roster are going to have three of the top four picks now from the 2014 NHL entry draft, because they already got Sam Bennett in the previous trade deadline for two second round picks, a a second round pick in 2022 and a second round pick that they drafted a prospect, Emil Heineman from the past 2020 draft. So now he's part of the Calgary Flames. And then this one was a conditional first-round pick, top ten protected, and it's disaster. It will be a complete and utter disaster if the Florida Panthers end up in the even in the lottery, let alone the top ten. Sure, they get to keep that pick if that were conditions, but that would be utter disaster if that were to happen. And they gave up a seventh-round pick prospect, Devin Levi. Who was the goalie for Team Canada in the World Juniors in 2020? So he he's so far outperformed his seventh round pick stock and the the Buffalo Sabers and and uh, Devin Levi. He is a developmental piece who's going to take time to make his way up to the NHL level, and he's already, like I said, outperform his stock. So he this could be a such a big win win situation for the Florida Panthers. So now they don't have a first or a second in the upcoming 2022 draft. So it's just you're putting all your chips right there for for a possible playoff run and it's now time to win a playoff series. They haven't they're the they're still the team that has the longest drought in all of the NHL. They're the only them and the Toronto Maple Leafs are the only teams who haven't won a playoff series since the 05. Excuse me. O four, O five lockout. So there's only two teams: the Florida Panthers since '96, the Maple Leafs since '04. So now it's the time to make some noise. And with that Reinhardt trade, the Florida Panthers went into free agency of more running it back, taking care of their own. So once all of these extensions were of Carter VerHage and the which and in the works of a possible extension with Alexander Barkov, which we'll get to a little bit later. All in, All signs were pointing that when free agency hit, there wasn't going to be much noise because they were focused on taking care of the people that got them to where they were last year, which was barely barely uh, losing out on the division title, just a few points off of Carolina. So, and just building off what they did last year. And they ran into a great Tampa Bay Lightning team who ended up winning the Cup. So just, they... they Left with a good taste in their mouth, despite losing to their state rival, and they think that there there's unfinished business going into this
0: season. And you know the best part too, and this is something that I've harped on a lot. It must be, it must be amazing to just have center depth, like mm. just just down to its basic level. Like to have Barkov and Reinhardt both in the same on the same team is. You know, that's the stuff that teams that don't have that kind of center depth dream of. And that's 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 where the Wild are at right now. But, you know, Mm. maybe.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing. Reinhardt can also play on the wing as well. Same thing with Sam Bennett. And he could play either the um, Sam Bennett can play all three forward positions of left, right and center. And. Also, I want to give an honorable mention to a player that the Florida Panthers um, just signed their ELC to just uh, a few months ago in Anton Lundell. He was a first round pick from the 2020 draft, and he was a player who landed in their lap in his final season in uh, Liga. He averaged about just over a point a game, and he's projected at right now, this point in time to be starting the in the three C position. That's his projection. And to eventually not yet, eventually make his way up to two C and then shift Bennett to the wing on the second line while Reinhardt is on the wing on the first. So that's the projection for now. So there's so much versatility in whether you could play center or whether you could play the wing. And it's a really good situation for the Florida Panthers right now.
0: Uh, Before we switch gears and talk a little wild, uh, I did want to ask you because his name has been, mentioned in wild circles just because I think there's an assumption that the Panthers aren't going to be able to give him what he's looking for in an extension. But it sounds like, uh, as you alluded to, um, Alexander Barkov may be sticking around a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, before the uh, 2021 season even started, um, the Florida Panthers were getting some calls on a possible uh, Barkov trade because many uh, GMs around the league were very skeptical on whether he was going to uh, stick around long-term on the team. And look what happened. The Florida Panthers, uh, they uh, have a very successful season. Just like I said earlier, uh, just barely losing out on the division title with the new, with the newly formed central division at the time, which was thankfully just a one, one year thing for that COVID season. I mean, even though we're still in a pandemic, but you know what I mean there. Um, And then, Barkov has arguably his best season as a Florida Panther winning the Selkie award, beating out the four time Selkie winner in Patrice Bergeron from the Boston Bruins. So, and Mark Stone, who has been a runner up in the Selkie before. So Barkov has the leverage. And right now, as far as contract talks with the Florida Panthers, he is eligible for an extension. He was able to starting on July 28th and he has a year left and the, the, the rumors are that right now he's on vacation in Finland. He's back home. He actually, uh, uh, I believe, he actually is on a, uh, he's doing a charity golf event over there with uh, Patrick Lane of the Columbus Blue Jackets. So they're good friends. And there's also a little bit of rumors about Patrick Lane possibly being with the Florida Panthers in the future, but he still ha- he's still under the Columbus Blue Jackets' contract rights. So I'm not expecting any. And they're up against the cap right now with. Uh, Sam Reinhardt's uh, deal who he hasn't signed yet. So he's the only RFA that hasn't signed yet. And it's going to be, it's going to be very close against the cat towards the cap, but Barkov's contract doesn't new contract doesn't kick in until next year. But rumor has it as far as Barkov's contract goes to answer your question. He's going to, it looks like that that deal is going to get done once he does return back from Finland. So the number for me, I've said this on my show is when it comes to Alexander Barkoff and his demands for what he wants, the, the part of me is like, give him whatever he wants. He deserves it. But as, as far as a minimum number, I think that it's going to be 10, 10 million minimum because wow. he's been, he's been this heart and soul of this team ever since he got drafted number two overall in 2013, he's been the captain for a few seasons now. And, he is what, he is the thing that keeps this ship going. He's the heart and soul of the team. If he goes down, even part of the season where he missed six games, when he went down, the, the Florida Panthers, you know, they went on a little bit of a losing skid, and then he was able to come back, and then boom. Uh, the the Florida Panthers were still able to keep a little bit afloat when Barkov got hurt this year, but it was a very minor injury. So, the Alexander Barkov. it looks like that when he returns from vacation in Finland, that the ink is going to he's going to put pen to paper, ink is going to dry and he's going to likely get an eight year extension around the 80 million dollar range. If I had to if I had to guess, there's no reporting behind it. There's no sources behind it. But I'm going to guess around eight years, 80 million minimum for his new deal.
0: OK, Um tell you what. Let's flip and uh, we'll put me in the hot seat for some uh, wild questions. The Locked On Wild, Locked On Panthers crossover episode continues next. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Who knows? And why wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30 50 even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rockauto.com is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, and motor oil to even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Lockdown in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown
1: Florida Panthers and the Lockdown Minnesota Wild podcast where the roles will now be reversed. I will be the one asking Seth Topa of Lockdown Wild his thoughts on the offseason for the Minnesota Wild and everything in between. So, Seth, I want to ask you, what is what is the latest on a possible contract for Kuro Kaprizov? Because really, as far as everyone outside of the Minnesota sports market, there's really some interest, really, for, for the first time in a while on this team on what is going on. He wins the Calder Trophy. the The team is on the map. It looks like there's some – Really positive momentum uh, for the Minnesota Wild, uh, even though they got eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in the playoffs this year. But what's the status on uh, co- possible contract talks right now for the Minnesota Wild and Kuro Kaprizov?
0: Well, it's a fascinating question because it depends on who you ask. If you ask Bill Guerin, he is still very confident that uh, that these deals will be get done. He's got no reason to believe that uh, that anything's going to happen and that's you know Kaprizov is going to be a member of this wild team for the foreseeable future when he does put pen to paper same thing with Kevin Fiala now obviously Kaprizov's situation is interesting because he's coming off of his first season in the NHL in which he had a very very successful season But you look at some of the stuff that he is asking for in his like initial contract in the NHL, and it's fascinating. Like he wants a short three or a four year deal, but he wants top dollar during that contract. So we're talking like we're talking, you know, nine, ten, eleven million per season for his first contract in the NHL. Going off of, again, going off One of his, his first season in the NHL. And so, you know, you've got that negotiating play. And, and to be fair, he is, his agent is doing what should be done because a player in that scenario, you want to make sure that you take the short-term deal here to set yourself up for a massive payday. And it, let's say he continues on this trajectory for the next four years. Let's say he signs with the Wild for four. Obviously, once that deal is done, you're going to have Minnesota who wants to sign him back. But you then would have California. You'd have every t- you would have pretty much every team in the NHL except probably Buffalo. That's kind of a that's kind of a mean dig at Buffalo, but you would have pretty much every team in the NHL that would be lining up to give him top dollar. And you've got the Rangers, the Islanders, you've got the Kings, just as like those big market teams on the coasts that would love to have that be a guy that they build their franchise around for eight years. And so the wild then would get into a situation where maybe they're comfortable at like 10.5 for Caprizoff, or 11 for his, um, for his massive deal that he would sign after this shorter-term one. What happens if a team like the Rangers gets desperate or a team like the Kings gets desperate and throws 13 out there just as a number per year? You run into the risk of having somebody overpay to where you have no feasible way to match it. And so Garen wants to try to get Kaprizov locked up to the eight-year deal now to try to prevent that and to try to give time for the Wild to get past these Parisian suitor buyouts, get to where they can field a full team, and give them time to find a center that they can pair with Kaprizov because Victor Rask, you know, he is what he is. I just I don't think he's a top-line center in the NHL. He is a good depth player on a... You know, on, on the Tampa Bay Lightning, he'd probably be a third or fourth center. Really, not a lot of pressure on him in that spot. But he has been paired with Kaprizov, and so there's expectations that he's going to do some things, and he just he just hasn't. But that's that's another story entirely. And so, long story short, Garen wants the sh- the long term deal now. Kaprizov wants the short term deal, and. In the end, I think it's Garen that's going to have to. um, Is going to have to budge and is going to have to agree to the short term deal. The the notion that he could go back to the KHL is there. I don't think there is any sense. I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever because he's not going to be able to make anything near what he would make here. And the Wild would still have his rights anyway. So. Garen, I think, is going to be the one that has to give on the years in order to get this deal done. And ultimately, I think that'll end up happening.
1: It's uh, He's using possibly that as a possible leverage when it comes to uh, his contract situation. So it's it's, it's it's tricky because you think, okay, do we give him that long-term at this number? We still keep him as a possible team-friendly deal? Or do we suit his needs and, threat and risk the possibility of him possibly going somewhere else because as far as the big name and when it comes to big markets, as far as his brand, you could think of an LA or New York, as far as like something building, as far as that, I mean, can you imagine Alexander Barkov in, in the, on the a team like the New York Rangers, as far as like his brand, Woo, it exploded like same thing with Kirill Kaprizov. So I kind of get it as a, as a fan of a small, small ish market team. So it, it it looks like he's using that as a negotiating tool to possibly get what he wants. But Hey, if, if it's four years, um, what's nine times four uh, 36 million for Kaprizov, then get, give it that, that could also mean a possible prove it deal because Kaprizov sees it as a situation where hmm. ESPN, TNT, possible salary, salary cap boost. So, he could be able to really cash in, and I can't blame Kaprizov in that situation. But I want to also ask, because you mentioned this in your answer, about Ryan Suter and Zach Parise their buyouts. And I saw what their numbers look like for the next three years, and the total for this is. I'm mostly reading this for my uh, listeners. So, as far as the Zach Parise and uh, Ryan Suter buyouts. As far as dead cap for the Minnesota Wild, 2022 2023 is 12.7 million, and 2023 2024 and 2024 25 will be 14.7 million for both of those years. So, I want to ask you, Seth, as far as the cap number and the dead cap on the roster, did you think that this was the perfect time to do those buyouts now? Because those those contracts were thirteen year contracts at that time, which they don't give those out anymore right now in the NHL. So do you think that the timing of those buyouts were necessary for Zach Parise and uh Ryan Suter and how, and if if so, if not, what are what are the possible repercussions of these buyouts for the future for the Minnesota Wild?
0: Well, I think it became a situation where Bill Guerin wanted to deal with like if, if we buy Suter and Parisi out, this is what we have to pay per year. And that will not change. That will not you know, go up or down. This is what we're locked in at if we buy them out now. Whereas, let's say the Wild are going through and two years down the line, um, they, they've traded one or both. And they are in a spot where they're trying to, you know, fill this roster up and put out as competitive of a team as they can. And all of a sudden, Ryan Souter retires. And Zach Parisi decides to retire as well. Then enter the salary recapture demon that uh, was put in with those contracts in mind that nobody else really has to deal with because again like you said they don't make those contracts anymore so i think garen did this so that there would not be any surprises because that would be just the worst is you come off of a strong season and you're like hey we got a ton of money that we can spend Salary cap wise, we can add, you know, three or four really good players to put around this nucleus. And then not only do you not have that, then you have to try to find more money somewhere. And in that case, then you end up trading probably Matt Dumba. Maybe you end up having to trade Kevin Fiala to try to free up some money. So, it's not a great situation either way. In At the end of the day, you are paying for a player that's not on your team. But I think Garen just wanted to eliminate any potential surprises with this. And so he just said, yeah, in two for a two-year stretch, two years from now, this is going to be really ugly. But at least we know what it's going to be. The salary cap may go up. That could help them out a little bit. But at the end of the day, it's a two year period where they're going to be really, really strapped. And after that, then they're pretty much home free. So I think it just became too appealing for him to have that structure, to know what was coming as opposed to like, Hey, let's, uh, let's go sign some free agents. Oh, wait, no Parisi and Suter both retired. And now we got to pay double.
1: Ugh, man. Um, the Florida Panthers do still are in the restruct, um, the cap restructure. Uh, the they're they're going through something like that with um, the recapture panel. Excuse me. They're going. They still have one year left on Roberto Luongo's uh, deal, but it's only like one million dollars, just under two. So that that will be freed up. And the Florida Panthers also have a lot of money owed to Keith Yandle next offseason, so they're gonna have to work their ways around it. So, but also this is also a great opportunity in this time because. Right now, the Minnesota Wild, from what I'm seeing, there's $19 million in cap space for them. So they could still make a possible uh, move. And this also gives them an opportunity to develop some of the young guys who are still cheap on their roster. And speaking of young guys and speaking of someone they can go after based on the cap space that they do have right now, Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres. He is a player who has been continuously linked to the Minnesota Wild. He was originally... Uh, linked to the Anaheim Ducks he was linked to possibly the New York Rangers but the New York Rangers as far as their offers they won't even offer middle tier prospects for uh Jack Eichel so now it's looking that the possible landing spot for Jack Eichel even though it's really hard to trade Jack Eichel right now knowing whether he's going to get a surgery or not so that's a really tough situation on and his agent isn't helping the cause neither so what are your thoughts on a possible Jack Eichel trade, and what could possibly be given up in order to to uh, um, get get the likes of
0: a superstar player like him? So the initial, I think the initial asking price before the draft was both first round picks, Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi, and a player in addition to that, which is very high. It may even have been Kevin Fiala at that point. Um, very, very high ask because the Wild view Marco Rossi as maybe slightly less than Eichel, but still a top center that they can pair with uh, Kirill Kaprizov going forward. So obviously not really super enthused about giving up a player like that. Matt Boldy is potentially ready this next season to start contributing um, at the NHL level. So two guys that are majorly ready to, uh, to take big steps in the NHL. I'm of the belief today, this has changed probably a thousand times, I'm of the belief today, I do not make the Eichel trade unless Buffalo comes down from their asking price. And let's look at some factors here. The season's getting very, very close. We've got the rest of August, we've got September, Training camp gets started, I believe, late September, and then the season gets started um, towards the middle of October. There is not a lot of time. If Jack Eichel is going to have a surgery, he is running out of time to do so before the season starts. If he even needs the surgery, who, who knows in that regard? Because apparently um, Michael Russo had tweeted out that if the Wild did acquire Eichel, they would give him the option to get the surgery, or to not. So that maybe is a factor that weighs in their favor. But season coming up really soon. Does not sound like Buffalo has dropped their asking price at all. And I am still really concerned at the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights just seemed like every move that they made this offseason was to set up a major trade. And if that's the case, I would rather they just... I would rather they just do it. I saw the potential package that Vegas had offered and was super underwhelmed by it, but I don't want to get into a bidding war for it. I would rather, at this point in the game, I would much rather keep Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy and let Rossi grow so that then Caprizov maybe says, hey, this is a guy that I can play with and have him be my top-line center. I'm going to stick around. And, I mean, obviously, if you get Jack Eichel, he is sticking around for sure. But, I don't know. It's just, it's too late in the game for me, and the fact that they haven't dropped the price at all, it's just, I'm just super not into it anymore, and I was banging the table for it to happen. But now I'm, I'm not interested. I would much rather try to find somebody else that is a, prospect that could fill that role and not have to worry about potential side effects from surgery or any other number of factors that uh, have been linked to Eichel uh, here this offseason. So it's uh, it's going to be a no from me. Mm-hmm.
1: And the thing is, the Buffalo Sabres don't have to trade him right now because there's, I'm looking at his contract, there's five seasons le- left at, at $10 million. So they could still have him play a whole season. Do they want a disgruntled superstar on their team who they've created a pretty bad relationship? I don't know. I don't know if you want that, but they, they, they still don't have to trade him there and they could see what kind of season he's going to have despite injury. But that's, here's the thing. Is that going to drop his value or is that going to raise his value? If you, if he lights it up despite and and not has have a surgery, there will be, some phone calls coming into the Buffalo Sabers uh, front office, going to about what what is what is Kevin Adams going to do when it, when it comes to this, and if he performs uh, to the level uh, of not having a surgery, then I, w- I would feel more comfortable in making a trade for him. But yeah, they don't have to trade him. Uh, this last question before we get to uh, the next segment is: you have an interesting acronym that you talk about when it comes to the off season goals for the Minnesota wild. And this is something that definitely every team can apply. And it's called the Dennis system. So Seth, for my listeners, I'm sure your listeners have heard about it multiple times on your show. Explain to my listeners. What, what is
0: the Dennis system? Great question. Thank you for asking. Um, The Dennis system is the quintessential off-season blueprints that every NHL team should abide by in order to give themselves the best roster possible heading into next season. And for those that are not familiar, I'll run through the acronym. We start with the letter D, which is to decompress from the 2020-2021 season. Obviously, in the Wilds' case, losing to the Golden Knights in Game 7 was a bummer. So you got to take some time. Just, you know, let it all out. Let the frustrations out, things we didn't like, things we did like. Uh, and so we took, you know, the first probably week or so after the season was finished and just created a safe space for, uh, for fans to let their frustrations out um, before we moved on to 2021-2022. We then go to E, which is to evaluate player seasons. And we went through every single player on the roster, including some guys who will probably play a role this year, and evaluated performance. We looked at things we liked, things we didn't, areas for improvement, whether or not we thought they would improve and progress uh, heading into next season. So that was the E in the Dennis system. We are still in the process of the first N which is to negotiate with unrestricted and restricted free agents. We have one of each Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala, both still in contract negotiations. And so that end has not been checked off yet. The second end though, navigate free agency and the expansion draft that is taken care of and done free agency still goes on, but most of the moves it looks like have been made with the exception of maybe a major trade. Um, the I identify potential draft targets, so that was done pre-draft, um, some names for the wild to uh, to look at, potentially for the uh, entry draft, some names that they ended up with that uh, that I took a look at. And the final S, uh, the only S, the final letter um, this one still has not been crossed off yet either, is to set our sights on 2021, 2022. So we're still in negotiations with Kaprizov and Fiala, and then after that, we can set our sights to 2021-2022. That is the Dennis system, as I said, the quintessential and perfect off-season blueprint for every NHL team throughout the league.
1: And when you go step-by-step step and you really look at the process of evaluating, looking what you got, and going, and how you can get to next season, then definitely the dentist system is definitely uh, surely beneficial if, if done right, that that's for sure. So uh, thank you for explaining that to uh, my listeners and uh, Florida Panther fans, keep this in your head dentist system, because I might actually reference this more uh, on the show. And you know what, if you're your dentist system, give a lot of credit to uh, Seth Topal of locked on wild for this in the next segment, we're going to talk about realistic expectations for the Florida Panthers and the Minnesota Wild and what, where we expect our teams to finish in their divisions and conferences. You've been listening to Locked On Panthers and Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: This summer, Built Bar wants to help you celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know Built Bar has a ton of amazing flavors? They've got coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. For my money, raspberry's the way to go, but if you're not sure which flavor is right for you, grab a mixed box, and you'll get two each of the nine flavors. The best part, though, about Bilt Bars is they are amazingly healthy. Each bar contains 17 to 18 grams of protein, ranges in calories from 130 to 180, Contains only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So they're amazingly healthy. They taste great. What's not to like about Built Bar? And if you go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off of your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com It's time to take your sports betting to the next level with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports action. Major League Baseball is in full swing right now, plus the NFL and college football are just around the corner, so plenty of ways to place your bets. You can also get the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action as well. So before the next pitch, head to BetOnline.ag on your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code On at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Final segment of our Locked On Wild and Locked On Panthers crossover episode. Seth Topol joined by Armando Velez. And let's talk expectations for this upcoming season. And obviously, as you mentioned, Armando, the Panthers, they had a good year. They started off red hot and just kind of tailed off at the end of the season. Ran into the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I believe it was, in the playoffs. It was the Lightning, right? Yeah. First round. Okay. Ran into the lightning, kind of ran into a buzzsaw there. And, you know, as you said, throughout the off season, the goal has been to just keep everybody and run it back. You get Sam Reinhart. And so obviously I'm sure expectations, uh, cranked up slightly. Um, where in looking at, uh, the Atlantic division, um, Funny that it has the Panthers listed as the top team right now in the ESPN standings, which are blank because the season hasn't started yet. Uh, Where do you see the Panthers slotting into the uh, Atlantic division? Uh, And then we can go further from there to the Eastern Conference as well.
1: Yeah, um, like like I said, uh, I've said this on my podcast last season. As far as finishing as a top seed, it's very important for the Florida Panthers as far as getting home ice. I mean, sure. They got home ice against the Tampa Bay lightning in the first round. And they unfortunately did not win that series. And they still got the teams in their division of the likes of a Boston Bruins who they, they signed Nick Foligno and they re, they were able to uh, resign Ta- Ta- Taylor hall. And th- they did sign uh, the goalie from the, Buffalo Sabres, who was the only goalie on their roster who had a winning record in Linus Allmark. So with Tuka probably not going to be able to play probably until January, even though the Boston Bruins are an aging roster, they're still a little bit of, on the older side. I expect them to be uh, still relevant in the Atlantic division. As far as the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're a little bit hard to predict, but you can never count them out based on all the moves they make, all the players that they, uh, they, they lost with Yanni Gord uh, going to the Seattle Kraken, uh, Blake Coleman going to the Calgary Flames. Uh, but those are more of their debt pieces. They still have their core there with Nikita Kutrop, Steven Stamkos, in in the mix, Braden Point just signed a monster extension with the with the team, so I expect Tampa Bay to still be there. Um, Toronto's another one where they always have the great regular season and then they always falter in, in the postseason. And so there, and a lot of a lot of people were asking, um, just yelling for trade Mitch Marner uh, or trade John Tavares. That contract looks really bad, uh, but. The, the Toronto Maple Leafs looks like they're going to be running it back despite blowing a, a 3-1 lead. Montreal's, Montreal, as far as making the Stanley Cup final, I could see a huge drop-off with, uh, with Montreal just going on this run and then they could go easily from making to the Stanley Cup final all the way to not making the playoffs at all the very next season. And then you got your bottom feeders uh, of, of the division. Buffalo's still going to be rebuilding. Their number one overall pick, Owen Power, might not even play uh, this season he might return to the University of Michigan uh Detroit Detroit is still a rebuilding team they're a few years away but I really like the moves that they're making as far as asset management and getting uh getting uh, uh I believe they got Sebastian Cosa in the in the in the draft um so they're they're in a in a good situation they also got Alex Nadelkovich in, in, in via trade with the Carolina Hurricanes which Carolina lowballed uh Alex Ndokovic, but even though Detroit might not be a postseason contender this year, they could still play spoiler. And they also have the Ottawa Senators who are also another rebuilding team. So as far as expectations finishing, I definitely expect them to finish in the top three of the division. They won't be fighting for a wildcard spot, at least that's the hope. And the benefit, it'll be extremely beneficial if they were to win the division i i mean as far as like betting odds as far as the favorite to win the cup next year they're number six according to bet online so the there as far as winning division the division if they don't it's not the end of the world but that should be the goal to try to win the division so you could at least get that first round series as against one of the wild card teams so you can create that positive momentum and allow possibly a Boston, uh a Boston Tampa Bay to face each other because the goal even in this past season was to win the division so you could get Carolina and Tampa Bay beating each other while the Florida Panthers would play the Nashville predators. That obviously didn't happen. So the Florida Panthers were in two three against Tampa Bay and they were beating up in each other before Tampa Bay eventually went on to face Carolina. So that's the goal. So that you could still have that along with a and along with a Toronto who might be in the mix for that 2-3 uh, as well. I don't expect the Toronto Maple Leafs to win the division for Toronto. It's a I got to see it to believe it, to make sure that these guys are for real for them. So, it'll be extremely beneficial if the Florida Panthers do everything they can to win the division, but if they don't, it's not the end of the world and this is this is that year like I said in the first segment. They don't have a first round pick or a second in the 2022 draft. So that means you're putting everything in for 2021-22. So it's now time to finally win a playoff series and finally go on a deep playoff run because their only really deep playoff run was in 96. And that was the year they made the Stanley cup final. They unfortunately did get swept by um, the Colorado Avalanche uh, in that Stanley Cup final in 96. I was three years old, so I don't remember squat from that. But it's now time to make that deeper run uh, in the Stanley Cup final and and build uh, the positive momentum that they built from last season.
0: And uh, looking over at the, uh, the Wilds spots uh, back in the Central Division, and, you know, I'm – Super happy about that because now the number of 9 o'clock starts or even later, um, way, way down. So that's, that's a good thing for me. But just looking at the division, I mean, obviously you've got Colorado who went through a similar spot that the Tampa Bay Lightning did, lost a lot of depth. And, yes, they still have really, really good pieces up on top. So it's going to be interesting to see how that affects them. It's going to be fascinating to see the difference between Philip Grubauer and Darcy Kemper, um, because I don't know necessarily that Kemper is going to be able to win them as many games as Grubauer did. But I don't know. We'll we'll just have to we'll have to see how that looks. Obviously, Chicago made some of the biggest headlines of the entire off with the moves that they've made. If Marc-Andre Fleury has any sort of a step down, though, that could be a huge problem for them. Dallas is probably going to be good again, question mark. St. Louis is in a little bit of a transition. Winnipeg, Nashville, Arizona. There is a really good opportunity for the Wilds to slide into probably that third spot Depending on what Chicago does, they could even be second in the division uh if the wild are able to take care of business. And so I I thought I said this as well. Let's say the Wild do struggle. I think there is still a good opportunity to get a playoff spot in the Western Conference because that uh that Pacific division lineup, Seattle, Calgary, Vegas, Anaheim, Vancouver, San Jose, good. LA Kings, and Edmonton is yikes. And so yeah. if the wild do struggle in the division, there's still a chance that they could make the playoffs as one of those lower seeds. But honestly, if the wild do play well, I think they could get as high as the second seed. Um, because I just, I think they match up well against all of those teams other than St. Louis. For some reason, I still can't figure that out how you can go like mm-hmm. two and eight against a team that was worse than you in the standings. I I have no idea, but I think I think they'll be in the top 4 with a good chance to be in the top 2 depending on the, how things play out with Chicago.
1: Yeah, and I think of I think the whole Western Conference as a whole like as far as like, your dominant teams, I don't really see many uh many teams who you could really guarantee not guarantee, but really have confidence saying other than Vegas and Colorado that they could really make a big huge playoff run and Vegas and Colorado are in different divisions with, and I think I look at the rest of the division, obviously Arizona is getting all these assets and all that cap space for next season. So there's no excuses to lose to teams like Arizona, even though of course, Arizona has got to beat a few teams here and there. Uh, got Nashville. Nashville is a confusing one. Nashville is that team that is, that should just blow it up and go into rebuild mode, but they always try to find a way to like not do it. Uh, St. Louis ever since went into stay the cup, they uh, they're just up and down and they're having a little bit of drama with uh, Vladimir Tarasenko after his medical issues, Dallas, I believe last year is a one-off because of the, because at the very beginning of the season, they had COVID-19 issues. So Tyler Sagan's going to be back uh, fully healthy next, next year. Uh, they just signed an extension to uh, Miro Haskinen, so he's going to be there uh, long term for the Dallas Stars. And as far as the um, the Minnesota Wild, um, Chicago for for them, they got their top top pairing defenseman and they got a Vesna Trophy winning goalie. So for the Chicago Blackhawks, I don't see them necessarily winning the division, but I could see them possibly fighting for a wild card spot. So yeah, I think that with the momentum that Minnesota created last. Um, last year and if they can just get this Kaprizov situation situation which I think they will I think they will Uh, I don't think um, they're gonna let them walk somewhere else or let them go back to the KHL so they will get possibly to a resolution they could be somewhere in that two three with uh, Colorado winning that division and um, definitely maybe they could surprise some people definitely and maybe go on a deep playoff run and then that's when They see Kuroka Caprissoff. They see Minnesota Wild, and then really the whole NHL landscape will look more into Minnesota. They were looking for it last season, and they'll definitely with a playoff win and a big playoff run. I I could see the whole national landscape looking more closely and
0: into the Minnesota Wild franchise. I certainly hope so, but uh, you know we got to play the games. We got the 82 game schedule back. Divisions back, conferences back, everything hopefully back to as normal as we can get it. Uh, and so, yeah, it should be uh, should be a big year for, uh, for both of our teams here in 2021-2022. I think that's going to do it for today's crossover episode. And so, as always, make sure to follow both Locked on Wild and Locked on Panthers wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Armando and myself for updates throughout the week from uh, both of your, uh, well, hopefully some of your favorite NHL franchises. And make sure to keep checking back for new episodes as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.